Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann and welcome to an all new episode of the Man from New York podcast. It's August folks and when August comes people start to panic a little bit because they start to think, oh no, summer is starting to slowly dwindle away and I haven't done all the stuff I wanted to do. You know, you, maybe there was a book that you intended to read this summer that you haven't gotten around to reading yet. Or maybe you haven't been to the beach yet. And you're like, oh, I got to get to the beach before the summer's over. Or perhaps there's a restaurant you wanted to go to and sit outside and enjoy the summer uh, breeze. Or some other activity or some other goal you had to do. Maybe you wanted to write a, a screenplay or something. But as the summer starts to slowly go, now you're starting to panic. You're starting to get a little worried and you're getting a little angsty. I'm here to tell you to relax, calm down. Now, first of all, you still got time. You got a couple of weeks. You can do some things if you haven't done yet. You can get some things done. And if you don't get them done, you know, hey, yes, summer unofficially ends around Labor Day and officially ends, uh, what is it, September 20-something, first day of autumn, whatever. Well, forget about that. You still got time. You got more than enough time. Go to the beach. Start reading that book. Just enjoy the summer. Just enjoy the sun. Because, and look, I understand. Because I, even though I really hate intense heat, summer is still my favorite time of the year ever since I was a little kid. As a little kid, you love it because you get to go outside and play, and there's an ice cream truck, and as an adult, it's just, hey, I get to just enjoy fresh air more often. I get to, I get to be out a little bit later because it's not getting dark at 4 o'clock. So, if you're like me, just, just enjoy it. And, you know, of course, on one of these... If you want to say it's a good thing about climate change, which isn't much good to say about it. The fact is, we, we tend to get sort of uh, these strange long periods in the fall where it's unseasonably warm. So we're probably going to get some days in October, even November, where it's going to be warm and sunny. And you're going to be, go out and sit and enjoy a nice tea or a nice coffee. So I'm just telling you to relax right now. And, I, you know, a lot of people hate August because it's like, they feel like, oh, everything is over already. It's, summer's going to be over. Now, I like August, but I'm biased because it's my birthday month, so. And what I like about August is that, because, you know, but July, we have the 4th of July. In August, we don't have any national holiday, you know, unless you want to count my birthday, but that's that's just me. But we don't have a national holiday. So be, you can just enjoy and do whatever. You don't have to worry about anything particular. And if you're in New York, August is really good because so many people are out of town on vacation that the city, especially in the weekends, becomes a little deserted in parts of, of Manhattan. So, you know, less crowds. You get to enjoy the city in a way that you usually don't get to during other times of the year. Now, when it gets summer... And it's really hot. Even though I'm a born and bred New Yorker, often my thoughts tend to drift down south. And, well, just because I think of heat. And, of course, you know, having parents who were both born in the south, who, who moved to New York when they were very young. Uh, my mom from Georgia, my dad from North Carolina. And having uh, many relatives that still live 
uh, below the, the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, I've often think of sort of uh, the Southern lifestyle. I think about sitting on the porch with my late grandma drinking some iced tea. And I often think of Tennessee Williams, uh, that great American writer, who I believe uh, the uh, public intellectual and academic Cornell West once referred to as the great American blues man, meaning that Tennessee Williams had this ability to really offer insight into the sort of longing and angst of broken, flawed people. And he was a Southerner, and he, most of his works were set in the South, and he was able to capture sort of the spirit of people and of a way of life. Of course, his most famous work, uh, you could say probably Streetcar Named Desire, and you know, Blanche Duval with that favorite famous famous line uh, whoever you are I often rely on the kindness of strangers and of course there's cat on the hot tin roof uh, these are great plays also adapted into pretty outstanding movies even though uh, I believe Cincy Williams were not was not too happy with the film adaptation of cat on the hot tin roof I think he had some uh, problems with not, not the content fully being explored uh, however m perhaps my favorite work of Tennessee Williams, especially as far as adaptations, is Night of the Iguana. Uh, I first saw it as a movie starring the great Richard Burton and Ava Gardner and Deborah Kerr. And of course, I just finished uh, reading the play recently. And I've, there's also a short story of the same name, which is sort of a sort of differs in a great way from the, the play and the movie, but still sort of some of the core content still there. And it's about a defrocked minister who works as a tour guide in Mexico at a resort. And he's sort of in a crisis. And there's a young girl. And then there's uh, this character played by Ava Garner who runs this resort. And Deborah Kerr, who's sort of a described as a New England spinster. She's a painter who's traveling with her grandfather, who's a poet. And I could say it's one of my favorite adaptations of Tennessee Williams as far as in other in the movies are concerned. Also, I, the play is great, too. And there's one particular line in this play, also in the film, that resonates with me. And I kind of think of it as almost a mantra, almost a more than a mantra, more as a way to look at life, almost a religious text, so to speak. And... There's a scene where these two different characters, this defrock minister and this New England spinster, are talking about experiences involving love and sex. And she is sort of detailing uh, her experiences, which are very limited in nature, and uh, which one, some may consider not experiences at all, to Richard Burton's character, this minister. And she says... Um, you know, he he's at one point he is disgusted by or by one of the things that she tells him, and he wonders if she's disgusted too, and she says no, and um, I might I want to get it right, but she says, I find nothing human disgusting, unless it's unkind or violent. Now, let me repeat that, I find nothing human disgusting, unless it's unkind or violent. And to me, this is such a such a powerful statement of really the capacity 
of our humanity uh, to be amongst each other, uh, to accept each other. You know, we talk, we hear a lot about tolerance, and now we seem to live in an age where uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of intolerance. We see it in our news, we see it in our social media feeds. And I often said I think tolerance is too low of a bar to reach for. Let's reach higher. And if we happen to land on tolerance, then that's fine. But I think we need to aim higher for tolerance. Because if we aim just for tolerance and then we fail, then we end up somewhere we are right now, which is sort of a volatile sort of anxiety amongst each other. But I think uh, this concept of acceptance and, and grace, I like to think of it, is very powerful. And it's something that we, uh, I don't think we really sort of cultivate within each other. And we, you know, and either we're talking about race or sexual orientation or gender or, or anything, maybe political philosophy or ideology, is how do we sort of, uh, take people for who they are accept who they are uh, more than just tolerate them but sort of have a have a uh, I want to say I don't want to say validation of their humanity because I believe that you know I think everyone needs to validate themselves for first before anything else but I believe that we have to have some sort of radical acceptance of each other even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't make sense to each other. And often we find ourselves in these rigid sort of discourses where this is, has to be this way. And if it's not that way, then, you know, the hell with you and do this and do that. So these are just, you know, some of my thoughts on some things. I hope you're going to enjoy uh, the rest of your August. And yes, there will be more podcasts this month. I'm not taking off going to be giving you this uh, this great content because I know this is your favorite podcast. And if you want to follow me on other parts of the interwebs, then you can uh, look me up on Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag at Glenn Price Man. Uh, that's Glenn with two N's, Price Man with two N's, at Glenn Price Man on both Twitter and Instagram. I want to thank you for listening, Man from New York.